there are a lot of people who are hurting around this time, and so would you join me, please, in just saying a word of prayer for uh, the Brown family, as well as all those in our congregation and in our city uh, who people are missing someone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and we have heavy hearts. Many of us at times like this, when there's an emphasis placed on spending time with family and loved ones, God, we have people that we're missing. And so we pray especially this morning for the Brown family. We pray for those in our congregation who this is the first Christmas that they are having, the first new year that they're having without a loved one. God, we pray for those in our city, as David prayed, who are struggling, whether they don't have a place to to stay, a place to live, uh, those who don't have the financial resources they need. God, at this time of year, we want to lift them up to you and remember them. God, we thank you for Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. So we are starting a new year, and with every new year does come new opportunities. Tomorrow is a day that we are going to celebrate uh, across this state, across this city, across this nation. It's a day that we're going to celebrate the start of 2018. And with the start of every new year comes an opportunity for us to think of the things that we would like to change about ourselves. Uh, Maybe you don't want to change anything about yourself. Maybe you're perfectly content with who you are and the way things are going right now. But for many of us, we begin the new year with resolutions. Uh, I saw an interesting study uh, this past month that was done in 2017. They kind of tracked a few people as they were uh, starting the year with, with New Year's resolutions. And in and, and January, they had a group of, uh, a case study, and they followed these people throughout the year and how many of them were able to keep their resolutions. And in December, they published their findings. And they found that of the people that they were surveying, of the people they were watching, 80% of them had given up on their New Year's resolutions by February. Uh, and so, uh, just like Debbie said, if you're one of the people who around this time of year, you're like, what was my New Year's resolution last year? What was it that I said I wanted to do? So, what, what did I want to improve about myself? And you don't remember like me, uh, that's okay. In about uh, 12 hours, uh, it'll be 10 minutes before midnight, and uh, you can think of what you're going to do for the next couple of weeks, and then you can forget about it again for the next 11 months. But we are starting a new year, and every new year provides us with a fresh opportunity. Uh, And and as we come up to this time of year, and as I thought about that study, and I thought about myself in particular, I was reminded uh, just how impulsive we are as a people. Uh, Okay, I don't want to place that label on you. That's a a kind of a harsh word, impulsive. So I'll just place it on myself. Uh, And and I can give you a story to kind of illustrate it. Because a couple weeks ago, we as as a church staff were celebrating Christmas together. We, every year, we have lunch together, and we exchange white elephant gifts. And it comes time for us to exchange gifts, and one of the ministers on staff, and I won't tell you who it was, uh, but I will tell you that this minister has the blessing of being named after not one gospel writer, but two. (laughs) That should narrow it down. There's only three of us, so uh, you should know who it is. Uh, This particular minister had forgotten to bring a white elephant gift to the party, and that means, if you forget to bring one, that just means that you, you kind of sit out while everyone else has fun. Uh, but luckily for this other uh, minister who's nameless, uh, there was a minister on staff who came over prepared. Uh, now, this particular minister is a giving individual, uh, selfless, uh, just pure of heart. Uh, and he's also not named after a gospel writer. So again, that should narrow it down for you. Uh, that's me. Uh, <laughs> So I had, I had actually gone shopping, and when I was at the store buying this white elephant gift for our party, I went through the checkout line, and in the checkout line, what do I find but the perfect gift for my father-in-law? 
Uh, it's this little uh, picture of a little basketball hoop that sits on your desk. My father-in-law was a basketball coach for many years, and so I thought, man, this will be perfect. He can sit at his desk and just like shoot hoops with this little, uh, you, you kind of click it and it flips it up towards the basket. I was like, this is great. Uh, but since one of our ministers had forgotten uh, to bring a gift, I offered uh, to give him this gift. Uh, and so I gave him this gift uh, for him to include in the gift exchange, and he wrapped it up really quickly, and, and he was able to participate. Uh, so let me just kind of go back to the impulsive thing, because now I've, I've made two impulsive decisions already. I, I went through the checkout line at a store, and I decided to buy something uh, without any forethought. So that's one impulsive decision. And then the other impulsive decision so far is that I offered to John Mark uh, to give him this to use as his gift. But it, it, it doesn't end there, because we go through the gift exchange, and I'm one of the last ones to pick a gift. And I see that this is still a gift that's been wrapped, and it hasn't been opened yet. And I think to myself, you know, I bought that for my father-in-law, but I'd really like to have that myself. <laughs> so I picked my own gift that I had given to John Mark, and it is currently sitting on my desk in my office, and I've only made one basket so far, so I've got a lot to work on in 2018. But we are an impulsive people. Uh, let me get back to the real point. We're an impulsive people. Uh, this is why commercials still exist, because we all hate commercials, right? Who enjoys watching their shows and all of a sudden three minutes of commercials comes on? Nobody enjoys that. But commercials still exist because people are buying the things that are being advertised through the commercials. Or at the very least, companies are getting name recognition because they're forcing you, while you're watching football this afternoon in games that don't even matter because the Cowboys are already out of the playoffs, you're going to be watching commercials, and you're going to be seeing advertisements for companies and for products that you don't think that you even need, but maybe someday you'll buy. We are an impulsive people. Uh, as a nation, as a people, we like to do things spur of the moment. But this is not a new problem. Uh, and it's not just my problem, I don't think. I think it's shared amongst all of us. But it's not new. It's actually an old problem. So that brings us to a text that I'd like for us to, to turn over to and read this morning. It comes uh, from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31. If you have a Bible, feel free to go ahead and turn over there. Uh, but I want to kind of set the stage because this is at the very end of a long narrative, of a long section of text, and we haven't been uh, kind of covering this. And so I want to set the stage for you about what's been going on. Uh, Deuteronomy is a book of reminders to a group of people who have largely forgotten who they are. Uh, in the book of Exodus, the people of God, the people of Israel, are brought out of slavery by God into the wilderness, uh, and they're going, they're going somewhere. God has given them a promise, and they are going to this promised land that God has said, you will inherit this land. Your many descendants, uh, your entire family, your entire group of people will inherit the land of Canaan. And so they're marching towards this land, but the people of God, the people of Israel, immediately after they leave Egypt, they start uh, complaining. They start telling Moses about how they had it better in slavery than they do in the wilderness. They're, they don't have enough food. They don't have enough water. Uh, they're complaining all the time. And so God, when they reach the promised land, and they come back and they say, we can't possibly do this, God says, because you have forgotten my promises, you will wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And so we get to the book of Deuteronomy, and now this group of people has been wandering for 40 years on the edge of the promised land, on the edge of where God had told them he was going to lead them. And now a new generation has been raised up. And this new generation has an opportunity to remember who they are. And so Moses comes before them at the end of his life, and he wants to help remind this new generation, this group of people, who they are, and where God is leading them to. 
So uh, let's go ahead and, and open up to Deuteronomy chapter 31, and we'll read a couple of verses together, starting in verse 1. It says, Then Moses said these words to all of Israel, telling them, I am 120 years old today. I can't move around well anymore. And I'm sure that if any of us were 120, we would sympathize with Moses. Plus, the Lord told me, you will not cross the Jordan River. But the Lord your God, he's the one who will cross over before you. He's the one who will destroy these nations before you so that you can displace them. Joshua, too, will cross over before just like the Lord indicated. The Lord will do to these enemies the same thing he did to the Amorite kings of Sihon and Og and to their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will lay them out before you and you will do to them exactly what the command I've given you dictates. Be strong. Be fearless. Don't be afraid and don't be scared of your enemies because the Lord your God is the one who marches with you. He won't let you down and he will not abandon you. Then Moses called Joshua and with all Israel watching said to him, be strong and fearless because you are the one who will lead this people to the land the Lord swore to their ancestors to give to them. You are the one who will divide up the land for them, but the Lord is the one who is marching before you. He won't let you down. He won't abandon you. So don't be afraid or scared. This people has, this people have forgotten who they are. They have forgotten what God has promised to them. They have forgotten what God is leading them towards. And so Moses, at the end of his life, wants to come before them, and he wants to, to remind them of who they are, remind them of the story that they have been a part of, the story that God is telling through them. Because they received a promise from God. Uh, way back in their history, uh, Abram received a promise from God in Genesis chapter 12 that they would become numerous, that they would become a, a nation, a people, that they would inherit land, but not just for their own benefit, but for the benefit of the world, that they could be a blessing to the people around them. And God, through Moses, reminds them on the edge of the promised land in Deuteronomy 31, it is God who marches before you. It's God who is leading you. So when you come up against these groups of people who aren't like you and have different customs and different cultures and they speak different languages, it's God who is leading you. It's not Moses, it's not even Joshua, but it's God. He's the one marching before you. And that sounds good, right? We like this story. We, for those of us who grew up in churches, we've heard this story before, that it's God who is leading us. It's God who is, who is going before us, who is carving out, uh, taking our enemies out of the land, who's, who's mo removing obstacles from before us so that we can inherit the promises of God. And it sounds good until we are reminded that we are just like the Israelite people. That for them, the problem, the reason that they had to wander in the wilderness was, for 40 years was because they didn't trust the promises of God. And until this point, we like the story, but then we're reminded that sometimes we forget about the promises that God has given to us as well. Sometimes, just like the Israelites, we behave in a way that, that doesn't trust God, that doesn't look to God's leading, and instead, we're looking to our own pride because we think we can lead ourselves or maybe our own greed because we think that if we can just attain enough that we'll be okay or maybe it's our own idolatry or maybe it's because we don't really understand what God's doing in the first place and all along the way we're reminded the problem's not with God the problem is us Moses reminds this group of people you are God's chosen people and God is the one who is leading you and at the start of a new year, I can't think of a better reminder to us as a people that we are God's 
church and that God is the one leading us. And I think that that's a reminder that we probably need to hear more often than just at this time of year. It's one that we gather together every week because we want to be reminded of this fact, that we have chosen to follow God and it's God's word that we're choosing to seek. It's not our own direction, it's not our own abilities, it's not our own uh, this or that, it's instead God who is leading us. The passage that I chose to preach from this morning is from Deuteronomy, and it's a troubling passage. Uh, Maybe not for you, but for those who aren't with us this morning, it's a passage that causes a lot of anxiety, uh, maybe even a little fear. Because when you read these passages from, from from the Old Testament, and when you read about them inheriting the land and going into the land, you hear commands from God to wipe out the people that are in front of them that it's God who will go before them and and that the Israelites are to follow God and to get rid of all of the people who are there. And this might not be a problem for you because you've heard this story your entire life, but for the people who aren't here this morning, this is a big problem. And let me try and tell you why. Because it's not just that God says that you're my chosen people to Israel. It's not even just that Israel behaves in a way that says that the other groups of people aren't God's people, at least not in the same way that they are. The real problem with this story is that this is still the story that we're telling today. Church, let me be frank with you for a minute. We as Christians, me included, uh, have a tendency, we uh, uh, we tend to tell people, whether we mean to or not, that we are God's chosen people and that they need to join us because we know the entire story. We know where God is leading us. And sometimes that's true. But a lot of times, it leads to to the neglect of others. It leads to us telling them that they aren't God's chosen creation. And church, as we start the new year, may we be reminded that we are following God. We're not leading. That we are along this journey of faith together. When the people inherit the land, when they enter into this land, in the book of Joshua, Uh, The book of Joshua reads as if the people wipe out uh, all of the peoples who are there, whether they're Jebusites, whether they're Perizzites, whether they're Canaanites, and on and on the ites go. But when we get to the book of Judges, we find out that the story told in Joshua might not be entirely the way that it actually happened. Because in the book of Judges, we find the people of Israel who have inherited this land, who have gone into the land, who have followed God, and over and over again, we find out that the people of God are living side by side with the people that God told them to go in and take the land from. In the book of Judges, the biggest problem is not that the the Israelites are wanting to wipe out the people who are there. The biggest problem is that they're becoming like them, that they're beginning to forget their story again. See, this is why God wants the people of Israel to remember who they are. This is why God gives them the command to enter into the land and to be bold to be, uh, be the people of God. Uh, in fact, to even move out the other groups of people because they have forgotten that they are created by God. They have forgotten that they are God's people too. The people of Israel in the book of Judges, they come into the land and over and over again we hear one refrain, that the people of Israel did what was right in their own eyes rather than in the eyes of God. See, this is why this is a problematic text for other people. Because we tell the story in such a way that more often than not, we are on God's side. 
and everyone else is not. But when we're reminded of the story of the people of Israel, we find out that when, even when the Israelites told the story in such a way, even when we get to the book of Judges, we find out that they've actually been telling their own story rather than God's story. So there are two things, I think, that cause us to remind, that, need, that, need to be, that we need to be remind, reminded of this morning. That when we come to the edge of God's promises, when we come to the beginning of a new year in 2018, the temptation will be, just like the Israelites, to begin to tell our own story. The story where we are on God's side and no one else is. And then after that, once we make that move, the temptation will be to tell our own story rather than the story of God. To do what is right in our own eyes. But in 2018, just like Moses reminded the people of God on the edge of the promised land, we have chosen to follow God. We've chosen to gather here together each week because we believe that this God is leading us. That this is the God that we're worshiping rather than our own story, rather than our own greed, idolatry, pride, or you name it. So as we begin this new year, the ministers and elders have spent a lot of time preparing for 2018, and we wanted to share some of the things that we have prepared and want to, to continue to work towards in 2018. 2017 for this church, in many ways, was a difficult year. Uh, we saw several ministers uh, leave uh, this church for various reasons. We saw many of our members leave as well. 2017 has been difficult for many of us. The temptation will be, in 2018, to be reminded of those wounds, to be reminded of the people that have left or that we've lost. But in 2018, a better story for us is to be reminded that we are God's people. And we have chosen week after week to come together to be reminded that we are following God, not ourselves. And so as we start this year, we wanted to share with you some, some uh, uh, changes that are gonna be happening within our staff uh, we wanted to share with you some of the things that we are looking forward to in 2018 uh, because we've seen uh, our, our staff go from six ministers down to three. And so uh, we're going to make a couple of shifts, uh, a couple of shifts that we think are helpful and important uh, and things that will help us accomplish our goals in 2018. One of the great things about Skillman is that this church has always cared immensely for its children and for its young people. And that's something that we want to continue to improve on, to continue to put emphasis on in 2018. Uh, over the past couple of uh, months and, and really over the past year, uh, our children's ministry has been growing immensely. Uh, our children's ministry is on the verge of, uh, of not only being a children's ministry, but also uh, being a youth ministry. And so we're looking forward in 2018 and beyond to many of our kids as they graduate fifth grade and move into sixth grade. Uh, we have a great group of third through fifth graders, and many of those will be moving into uh, junior high next year and in the next couple of years. And so we want to capitalize on that in 2018. Uh, we want to bring together our children and our youth ministries and help uh, them function well together. And so uh, we have a great team of children's ministers with Rebecca Mitz, who many of you know, and uh, Shalene Valentine, who has been a member here for a long time. They're going to continue to work in our children's ministry, and they're doing a wonderful job. 
But we're also going to make a, make a little bit of a change in that Matt Hurley, uh, our youth minister, is going to begin to help uh, transition many of our kids from children's ministry into youth ministry. And so Matt's going to put more emphasis in his week and in his time into the children's ministry. And we think this is a great change for us because we love kids here. Uh, we love helping kids to grow and learn in faith. And we think that by teaming up Matt, Rebecca, and Shaleen, that we'll have a great team moving forward to make our children's and youth ministries uh, cohesive and working together. Uh, one of our other ministers, John Mark, uh, he came on board and onto our staff about a year ago. And uh, over the past year, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to, to see this in action or not yet, but John Mark uh, is a fantastic people person. Uh, I'm a little grouchy, I'm a little grumpy, uh, and uh, John Mark is the opposite. Uh, he's, he's, he loves to be with people, he loves to meet with people, and we have a real need in 2018 for uh, our church to become more involved uh, in, in the ministries that we're doing, uh, to, to be reaching out to our community. And John Mark has a great skill set, a great talent to work with not only our neighbors here in our community, but within our own congregation to help get people plugged in. Uh, one of the changes John Mark is going to be making is he's going to be working with our new members and visitors uh, a lot more. Uh, John Mark is going to be very intentional about reaching out to these folks and helping them plug into this church body. This is a great area of growth for us in 2018. We think this is a, a great example of a place that God is leading us, uh, leading us to the people who, who come and visit with us, who, who want to place membership here, and to helping them join into this family, into this church body more effectively. Uh, that leaves me. Uh, and so many of you are already wondering what it is that I do on a weekly basis. Uh, and so as we transition into 2018, uh, we have a great need every time we gather together to be fed. Uh, and so we have a great group of volunteers with our praise team leaders, with our Bible class teachers, uh, and then with John Mark and I preaching, we have a great opportunity every week to be fed and to be reminded week after week of who we are and who God has created us to be. And so I'll be working uh, on our Sunday mornings, uh, making sure that our Bible classes are prepared, uh, making sure that our services and that our worship leaders are well taken care of, and that all of our volunteers who help on Sunday mornings uh, continue to work effectively and well. So those, that's just a small change. Uh, that we're making in 2018, but it's a change that we think that God is leading us towards. We think it's an opportunity for us to begin following God and to be reminded that we are God's people and that we're following God and not ourselves. And so this morning, not only do we want to share that with you, but we also want to uh, give you an announcement about an upcoming conversation that we're looking forward to having. On January 14th and January 21st, uh, not next Sunday, but the following two Sundays, we're going to be having a conversation about deacons and, and deaconesses and about the roles that those uh, people can fill in our church. And so we want to make sure that you're aware and invite you uh, to our Bible class time on the 14th and 21st and to the service time as we have those discussions. Mike Young is going to uh, lead the first set of discussions uh, on January 14th and walk us through many of the passages from the New Testament about deacons and deaconesses. And so we invite you to come to bring your questions uh, and to be ready to hear uh, kind of some of the plans and some of the, the dreams that we have in 2018 to get more of our members involved in our ministries. But not only that, our missions committee also wants to participate. Our missions committee is looking forward uh, to this next year, and they, on the 28th of January, are going to be sharing with us some of the goals and dreams that they have for this next year, some of the things that they're anticipating and looking forward to, and perhaps some of the ways that you can get involved as well. 2017 at this church was hard for many of us. 2018, we're going to follow God. We're going to follow God's leading. We're going to begin to recreate this church as, as a home for our members, because this is such an important step for us. It's such an important step for us to move beyond the pains 
and the hurts of the past and to see where God is leading us in the future. So this morning, uh, on the edge of uh, all the pews, I have put cards, uh, cards that say, God is leading me and God is leading our church. And as we begin to, to share these things with you as a, as a congregation, as far as what we as a leadership are being led towards, we want to hear from you as well. We want you uh, to feel like you are being led by God and that you're participating in the direction of this church. And so what I want you to do over the next uh, week or so is to spend time in prayer. Spend time thinking about the ways that God is leading you personally in 2018, as well as how God is leading this church body for the next year. When you feel like God has given you a direction, write that on that card and bring it back to us. Uh, we'd love to hear, we'd love to include you in the conversation because we believe that God is leading and God speaks to all of us. And so we want to hear God's voice as it speaks to us. Church, 2018 is primed to be a great year at Skillman. We're looking forward to where God is leading us. We're looking forward to what God is going to do in this church body. May we remember that God is speaking to us. May we re remember that these dreams, these goals, that what God leads us towards does not end in February. It doesn't even end in December. But in fact, it's a journey. It's what we've all chosen, and it's where we will follow God. This morning, our elders are going to gather around the room as they do every week. And if you'd like to spend time in prayer, if you'd like to spend a few moments talking with them, uh, if you feel like God has already answered the question of where God is leading you or leading our church, please feel free to join with these men and women as, as we stand and worship together this morning.